Right, Baldry's beat Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's talk about the wildfires situation. You know, this ain't over. I mean, I think no. we're out of the worst of it in this phase. But, you know, there's fires still burning. There are still fires that are threatening. Yeah, no, there's still big fires out there in the True Swap. Yeah. Uh, the worst is over in uh, West Kelowna and, and Kelowna, it seems. But we're still technically still in the wildfire season. But the weather's changing. This is all good news. Um, but they're still just mindful the shoe swap continues to have some pockets of concern. Yeah, and in shoe swap, we continue to see some people who have defied the evacuation order mm-hmm. staying staying behind the fire lines, protect their property. Some some people are going out in patrols, putting out spot fires, like trying to fight the fires themselves. And we've heard this pushback from the province and from fire officials. Global had an amazing clip of a guy last night who said some of these firefighters are getting abuse on the ground there. Well, and also on social media, there's these conspiracy theories out there, which, you know, sort of plugs into other conspiracy theories. And they say it's kind of demoralizing for this these firefighters who are putting their heart and soul into this thing, 24 hours, 48-hour shifts, according to some of them. Uh, Some of them have... Uh, been evacuated themselves and their families. Now, what's going on in the shoe swap? Also, it's an example of, you know, there has to, and, and the welfare service, Cliff Chapman, that had there yesterday said there, there has to be better communication. There has to be not just this blanket order and they not say anything. Uh, there has to be some sort of um, avenue of communication that has to open up. And that seems to be what's happening, that there is sort of this avenue of communication opening up. You're not supposed to disobey an evacuation order, but the wildfire service is realizing they have to, I think, explain things a little better. And the residents, I think, have to recognize that these orders are in place for a reason. Yeah, and some of the people who are speaking out, if they've stayed behind in their home and they don't like saying that they've been locked down, they've been told not to leave their property, and some of them are defying those orders too. Like, you know, I listened to interviews last night of guys who were going out and like putting 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 out spot fires in the shoe swap. So it was interesting to see the BC Wildfire Service yesterday, like you said, kind of offer an olive branch mm-hmm. and almost say like, well... You know, maybe we can work together. Yeah. Right? Nothing wrong with that. And that's uh, that appears to be what's happening. But there's rumors up there spreading that, that if you, if you, um, one rumor that was spreading, which was ridiculous, that if you defy an evacuation order and then leave, you're going to be arrested. And arrested. that's that's not happening at all. Yeah. And so the, the, the regional management people had to come out and say, no, this is not happening. So there's a lot of rumors being spread up there about consequences and such that don't help matters at all. But you do have the Wild uh, Fire Service and Cliff Chapman talking about there needs to be a better communication about explaining exactly what's going on yeah. there. So we'll see how it develops over the next few days. But again, we seem to be over a pivotal point here where last weekend was the worst, but we're not out of the season yet. Let's listen to the B.C. Conservative Party leader here. We touched on this yesterday, kind of stirring the pot on on this. John Rustad here, people who defy evacuation orders. Listen to what he says here. People need to get out when there's an evacuation order. But if anybody does decide to stay behind to fight the fires, to fight, you know, for their homes, government needs to actually treat them as allies, respect their decision, and try to figure out how you support them. We should not be treating them like hostages in their own property. What do you think of that? I think every time you play John Rustad's clip on this program, you drive Kevin Falcon right up the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's the bigger story here is Rustad. Rustad is getting heard, getting some media time at a time because he's speaking to this rural base. Yeah. This is not a suburban, urban message that he's got. It's very much to the rural 
communities out there that is the base of the conservative party, potential base. I mean, this is a party that's trying to grow. Yes. But every time you hear John Rustad, it's like chalk, uh, nails on a chalkboard to the BC United Party, who wants, yes. I think probably rue the day they booted him out of caucus mm. uh, because he's uh, making mischief out there at their expense. He really is. He's, he's doing it. And we'll talk more about that later on the show. Okay. Republican debate last oh, night. Oh, man. You put this on alert. You put the listeners on alert yesterday on this one. So Trump not there, right? Oh. So Trump skipped this thing last night. You know, he's with Tucker Carlson. Yeah, so right. I think by Trump not being there, he, I think he basically won because he's so far ahead in the polls internally in the Republican Party. It's like almost 50%. Yeah. These guys are fighting it out for the spoils of, you know, maybe being the one person to take Trump on. But you had a neat division. You had Chris Christie, three former governors, Chris Christie, Acer Hutchinson, and Nikki Haley, who I think surprised a lot of people with her showing. Um, the three who were a willing to stick it to Trump and separate themselves from Trump. But the others, there was a telling moment. Put up your hand if you're, if you're still going to back Trump, as if he's the par party nominee, even if he's convicted yeah. of these crimes. Right. And they all stuck up their hand except for Haley, Hutchison, and Christie, which I think speaks to the moral rot of and, that party. And the guy who put his hand up the highest was Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah. So this guy is very pro-Trump. You're going to hear a lot about this guy. Oh, yeah. He's very right-wing, right-wing populist, very pro-Trump. Yes. And, and he's touched into that sort of MAGA party base yeah. here. You know, the Trump people, they you know they like him. He may be right? the replacement candidate for Trump he, if well, Trump he might. completely Ooh. goes sideways. That'd be interesting. I mean, he's okay. supposed to say, Trump, as we speak... I haven't got CNN on here, but any moment now, if it's not already happened, he's getting fingerprinted and mugshot. Right. Yeah, that's happening. Two hundred thousand dollar bail. Right. Okay. Let's listen to this last night. So here is former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who is like the main attack guy, anti-Trump. Okay, and here he is taking on Ramaswamy, the the main pro-Trump guy. So this was last night. Let's listen. This is the great thing about this country: booing is allowed, but it doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change the truth. Mr. Ramaswamy, you raise your hand supporting... No, I'd like to thing. get in and respond. Let's just speak the truth, okay? President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. And Chris Christie, honest to God, your claim that Donald Trump is motivated by vengeance and grievance would be a lot more credible if your entire campaign were not based on vengeance and grievance against one man. Okay. Well, it was a very pro-Trump crowd. I yeah. Mean, there was no question. This is not a, a you know nonpartisan event. The Republican Party still is either afraid of Trump or completely in his thrall, yeah. and and the Chris Christies of the party are very much a minority. I'm very interested in this Ramaswamy guy, though. You know, like if, if Trump somehow can't win this thing, if he ends up in jail or somehow disqualified. Does that sort of MAGA party base, the Trump base in the party, turn to Vivek Ramaswamy here? Could very well. You know? I, mean, I mean, he's really got some fringe ideas and extremely right-wing ideas. And, and oh, that's a, that they would love that in the Republican in the, Party. The, the MAGA, MAGA part of the party? Yeah. They eat that stuff up. Okay, let's listen to another exchange between him and Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy. This was kind of funny. Listen to Chris Christie going after him here. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. The last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama. And I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing stage tonight. Well, okay. Ramaswamy's got into their, their heads. Yeah. There's no question. He was the focal point of more attacks than any of them. Oh, yeah. 
Um, they know. That, that they know been, he's a threat. That had been predicted beforehand. That this was just the shiny new toy on stage here. That yeah. who has the the gift of of sound bites. Yeah. Um, hitting the mark at right times on certain you know messaging. He the one one area he got really booed even by the by the Trumps was his um, basically uh, attacking Ukraine and cozying up to Putin. That was one where he there was a dividing line there between him and that crowd. But other than that. Ramaswamy probably comes out of this, other than Nikki Haley. I think those two were the two on the one side, the anti-Trump, Nikki Haley did better. On the pro-Trump, Ramaswamy won it. Okay, tell me about Nikki Haley, because you sort of think that maybe she emerged a little bit last night. Because the other guy we haven't even talked about is DeSantis, the oh, governor of Florida. Like, he, is he I, done? I think DeSantis is He done. was the guy who was the favorite at one yeah. point. So Haley was able to steer the conversation to, away from divisive policies and to more things where everybody in the room started to talk about education, for example more mainstream uh, topic. Yeah. Former South Carolina um, governor, uh, yeah. certainly was a supporter of Trump at the beginning, sure, now has turned and said, no, want nothing to do with him. But she, again, that's, a, as we said, that group of, the, that, that section of the Republican Party has shrunk. Yeah. The Republican Party has been taken over by the by the MAGA people, the Trump yeah. people. Yeah. And when you get into the delegate phase, I'm not sure someone like Nikki Haley or Chris Christie is going to fare that well. It's, it's got, I think it's either between, it's Ramaswamy or Trump. If Trump gets into real deep legal problems here, as he un- almost inevitably will, will the Republicans say, you know what, you're basically not electable, despite most of those candidates sticking up their hands saying they're going to support him, even if he's convicted? I think the realists may say, well, why not Trump light? You know, Ramaswamy, he's yeah. saying the same things and supporting Trump, calling the greatest president ever. And it's a fact, he says. Yeah. Um, maybe he's the guy they turn to, but they're not going to turn to Chris Christie. I mean, no. that MAGA faction of the party, there's nothing, they're, they're going to have nothing to do with Chris Christie, Hutchison, or Haley. Okay, I got open phone lines right now. If you phone now, you will get through. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898, toll free on your cell. Brian and Coquitlam. Hi, go ahead. Hey, uh, I've noticed recently on TikTok and Twitter and some other places, a lot of uh, videos of misinformation related to the fire, forest fires. And I think the government needs to do a much better job of educating the public on certain things. Like when helicopters are dropping firebombs onto the forest, that's a backburn. And there's fire hydrants that don't have water. Some people open them up and they have no water. They don't realize they're not pressurized or you need a pumper truck for it to work. So these people are posting videos saying, what's going on? The government's causing these fires. They're cutting off our water. So they yeah. need to really educate how this stuff works. Yeah, no, yeah. I've seen some of these videos too. There was there was a yeah. video that got a lot of traction on social media a few days ago with uh, you know someone in the shoe swap saying they turn the water off here, like yeah. the fire hydrants don't work. Why did the government do this to us? And well, you know, so there's a seems to be a sentiment in social media in parts of the shoe swap. This classic anti-government the government's to blame for everything. The government's actually doing this to us. Um, there's that mentality, doesn't whether it's wildfires or whether it's something else. And also, what you know, there's. A, a complaints that a, a controlled burn backfired and and caused the fire, which well, which the BC Wildfire Service has didn't happen denied. But you know, so backburns are not a new thing. Yeah, this has gone back. In fact, First Nations, a number of First Nations have been advocating these preemptive backburns because that's what they used to do for hundreds of years. The First Nations controlled the forest of BC. They're the first people. They had their firefighting techniques, and a lot of that involved. Preemptive prescribed burns or back and back. Burns. You burn the fuel so the yeah. fire doesn't so the spread. Fuel, yeah. It doesn't spread. And it's just yeah. time honored technique. And there was stories at the beginning of the fire season where a number of First Nations were saying, we've got to do more of this. And that is being done more, but it's not being done anywhere near the level 
that a lot of um, proponents of this approach are, are, are suggesting only, I think, 11,000 hectares or 3,000 hectares on average a year yeah. are backburned, I think, from the wildfire service. It's, it's, a, it's not a big number, but yeah. this particular in Adams uh, Creek, you know, where the two fires met up, it was blamed on the backburn. The f- firefighters said, no, it's not what happened. But nevertheless, as I say, rumors are flying around up there and most of them are inaccurate. Do you think that after this fire season is over that the government will need to do some sort of review or study on how this was how this was managed? Like we continue to see these really brutally damaging wildfires and dozens, hundreds of buildings I burning think, down. I think it'd be a great idea to have a review of not just, you know, what happened, but um, was there enough um, work done ahead of time? Was yeah. there enough prep work in these particular areas in West Kelowna? What was done in West Kelowna yeah. in the winter yes. to, to prevent something like this from happening? And also about communications. I mean, the social media phenomena that we're occurring where people are putting fake stuff up there and convincing people what's actually going on. I think that has to get addressed as well. I think this season, we had a big review after the 2003. Gary Philman, the former uh, yes. premier, came in and wrote a report that, of which a lot of recommendations now are being implemented. It took the BC Liberal government ignored a lot of the old Philman recommendations. That, but then the NAP also appointed George Abbott, if you yes. recall, as another uh, review. And I think um, another review would be a timeline. You know, Glenn Clark's sitting around, <laughs> former premier. He wants a job, pastor. doesn't he? Put Glenn Clark to work. Yeah. He's got a forestry background. He's on, you know, on the Can4 board. Yeah. And didn't he volunteer to go to work for yeah. EB there recently? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but I do think this season, given the events, it does cry out for some sort of, I'm not talking public inquiry, but some sort of good review. We get some yeah. experts in there and figure out, make sure this doesn't happen again. Faye calling from Saanich. Hi, Faye. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, I just want to say I lived in the Okanagan for years, and fires are a fact of life up there. Uh, These people that don't want to evacuate, they want to stay and fight the fires, and then they um, criticize the government. But the the liability of that is just absolutely enormous. If these people want to stay behind and save their homes, they should join the volunteer fire departments. They should get trained. They should become part of the team that is up there doing the work. Okay. All right. Thank thank Uh, you for the call. Well, you you run a real risk. If you defy an evacuation order and fire is suddenly all around you and you think you're going to put the fire out yourself. um, Well, imagine if the government government turned around and said, okay, it's okay if you do stay behind, we'll work with you and we'll help, you can help fight the fires. And then there's some catastrophic loss of life if people are trapped behind flames. There's going to be lawsuits from the the person's family. No, that's not going to happen. But again, there has to be, I think, and and Welfare Service has agreed with this, there has to be better communication to explain why we need you to leave there's an evacuation order. And no, you're not going to get arrested and stop these rumors from spreading. It's a, it's a real challenge. Rob in Chilliwack. Rob, you got 30 seconds here. Okay, I'm going to be real quick. Uh, first of all, Ramaswamy, that guy's going nowhere. Once, once the public in the States finds out he's accepted money from George Soros, that guy's going nowhere, even if, even if he is a Trump supporter. Having said that, I just want to be real quick, Mike. I'm in the car yesterday with my daughter just to deal with the forest fires. She's 23 years old, and we're talking about all this. And I was talking to her. We heard on the radio about David Eby. We want to reassure the public we are there for you. So she brought up the Lytton uh, situation, and she said, Dad, nothing's been done there. And she Mm -hmm. said, I guess it's the old saying, you know, actions speak stronger than words. So, you know, come on. Is that just lip service from the government saying what they have to say? 
Thank you. Well, you know, the Litton comparison has been raised several times with David Eby. I've asked him questions. We've all asked questions. How can you prevent another Litton from happening here, which is basically a non-rebuild? We won't know the answer to that for a few months.